Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hey there, ladies and gents, and welcome to this edition of the Sophisticated Property Investing Podcast with me, your host, Frank Flegg. Welcome to this edition. I think is one of the biggest things that holds clients that I come across back. And the issue that I've seen quite regularly actually over the nine or so years that I've been mentoring and coaching people in property investing is the fact that they're looking for a specific type of deal. Now that makes sense. It does make sense to me that you want a criteria and a lot of property books, a lot of investing books, even stocks and shares investing, a lot of property courses and gurus will tell you, you know, work out what your criteria is. And and there's a lot to be said for that. You know, where in the country you're going to be investing, what is a deal, what is not a deal to you. There's no strict definition, by the way, of what a deal is and what a deal isn't. You can pay above market value. You can buy a property that cash flows negatively. So it costs you money every month. And those can still be deals. I've, I've done both of those things. And so why am I saying that actually you don't need to have a precise, rigid definition of a deal? Well, the reason that I'm saying that is because If you have that, and there's nothing intrinsically wrong with having that, but if you do have that, you're going to be saying no to deals, which is not a bad thing. A good friend of mine, Dolph DeRoos from America, you can Google him. He's best-selling author of Real Estate Riches. He's been on the podcast before. Dolph says that the most valuable real estate in the world is six inches between your ears, which I absolutely agree with. But he also says that the deal of the century comes around about once a week. And I think that's really valuable because what, what he's saying is you, can, you, you need to say no to a lot of deals, far more deals than you say yes to. But sometimes I think people take that kind of advice and they take it the wrong way and they think, right, so the trick to property investing, the way I become a really successful property investor is to say no to loads of deals. You only get rich in property if you buy some deals, (laughs) if you own some property. There's the old adage with property, don't wait to buy, buy and then wait. It brings to mind a strategy meeting that I had with a client. This client had already bought five properties a couple of years before. He had just bought them conventionally, put quite large deposits in, paid his stamp duty, done refurbs. I think he'd done an average of about £8,000 per property refurb, which is quite a lot. And so when you added all this up, he was he actually had increased his net worth by less than he'd spent. So his net worth had actually gone down, which if you think about it, if you're paying stamp duty, you're paying legals, and you're putting in 100% of the deposit, then your net worth does go down when you buy property because of the costs of acquiring it. However, he did that two years ago. They were cash flowing nicely and had gone up in value over the two years. And so he was kind of saying, oh, I wish I hadn't bought these. You know, I wish I'd educated myself more about investing in property. And I was saying, well, no, that's fine because you've got such ample financial resource. You need to get into the game. And you went ahead and got into the game. We were chatting about what his 
buying criteria and 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 he might be thinking hang on frank you were saying you you don't need buying criteria but what i'm saying is those buying criteria can't be too rigid if they're too rigid you're not going to buy enough property and the plan that we devised for this client was sophisticated it did involve marketing for off-market properties it did involve buying below market value and buying no money down However, it didn't restrict him to that. And the reason it didn't restrict him to that is because this client had a lot of money being thrown off by his business every single month. And the priority was to get that money into property. If he could buy properties, his goal was to buy one property a month. If he could buy those properties using as little of his own money as possible, then fantastic. I've spoken on the podcast before about how no money down deals actually cost you quite a lot of money in general. Very, very rarely do you get a deal where your marketing cost is covered, your legal costs are covered, there's no deposit to pay and there's no refurb to pay and your stamp duty is covered. That is really unusual. More often than not, you don't have to put a deposit in but you have spent a few thousand pounds finding it. You do have to pay stamp duty. You do pay legals and there may be some refurb to do. So a no money down deal can easily cost you 20,000 pounds. And what we were looking at is, okay, so what happens if you put a five grand deposit in? What happens if you put 10 grand deposit in? What happens if you put 20 grand deposit in? And we were looking at it and what we decided and this was the right plan for this particular client, what we decided was actually he did want discounts because that's going to help him grow his portfolio. So he didn't want to keep buying at market value. But what we realized was, and and what I showed him in his plan was actually, you don't want to go for only 25% below market value properties because that's going to slow you down. You're quite likely not to be able to find one of those every single month. What I said to him was the priority is to buy a decent deal every single month because the cumulative effect of all those properties is going to be much more positive than waiting for amazing deals and only buying one a quarter, one every six months. And that is the trap that a lot of people fall into, in my opinion. A lot of people fall into the trap of perhaps hearing on this podcast, etc., that this kind of deal is possible, this kind of deal is possible. And I have to admit, nearly every deal I do now is a no money down deal. But that doesn't mean every deal you do has to be a no money down deal. And quite honestly, I'm not trying to build my portfolio as fast as some of my clients. Some of my clients are really aggressively building their portfolio. It's right that we have different criteria. The other side of the coin is I would quite happily add money to a deal if the deal was good enough. So I even I don't have the rule that I'll only do a no money down deal. Now, I prefer to do a no money down deal. And when I'm talking to vendors, I'll negotiate a no money down deal the vast majority of the time, but I'm not wedded to it. I'm doing a deal at the moment where I am going to have to spend about £40,000 on refurbs after I've bought the properties. Well, that money is going to come out of my pocket. Yes, I'll be able to refinance after the refurb, but I will still be leaving that money in. And to be honest, in the current climate, even though the the properties are no money down, so I'm running a 
control now pay later strategy if you refurb a control now pay later property it's very hard to get your money out of it because you don't own it you can't refinance it so my refinance on that will actually be when i purchase it which will be sometime later and so that 40k will be stuck in it's, it's done across two properties will be stuck in those properties for quite some time even i leave money in some deals but that 40k is dwarfed by all the deals I do, all the equity I'm adding to my net worth, all the cash flow I'm adding to my portfolio. So I think it's really, really important to balance. It's all about balance. Balance the pros and cons of buying amazing deals, but recognizing that the acquisition cost of them is going to be higher. So you're going to have to do more marketing. You're going to have a lot more vendors say no, because you're going to have to get the criteria so much in your favor for it to be a completely no money down deal and balancing that with not quite so good deal. So still really good discounts or still really good control now pay later strategies, but being okay, leaving some money in the deal. So for example, if you've got a business cash flowing you 10,000 pounds a month, taking on a deal with a hundred grand equity in it, but costs you a hundred pound a month, in negative cash flow because you're paying for that over 10 years, for example, on a control now pay later, that deal might work really well for you. You might be really happy doing that deal. You might not, but you might do. So it would be wrong to listen to a podcast or a, a course and think to yourself, well, all my deals have to be cash flow positive. No, no, they don't all have to be cash flow positive. It's a really good idea if the vast majority are cash flow positive. It's a really good idea if overall your portfolio is cash flow positive but no it doesn't have to be in fact if everyone else is following the same set of rules being a bit contrarian being a bit unusual will mean that you'll pick up lots of deals that others won't be interested in and if you can make those work within your criteria if you can be flexible enough in your criteria then that can be really lucrative for you that can work really well guys i hope this short podcast has been provocative for you i hope it's helped you to challenge what a deal is for you and what your priorities are in in building your portfolio are they to only buy amazing deals or is your bigger priority to build a solid portfolio that's going to help you achieve your long-term goals till next time happy investing sophisticated property investing a podcast brought to you by ethical property partners the experts in sophisticated property investment